You were listening to the Wisdom for All of Life podcast. I'm Pastor Brandon Neely, and this is a part of my teaching ministry at Christ Church of Acadiana in southwest Louisiana. Our proverb for the day is Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. We have here in the Proverbs a law, a law of precedent, precedent law. We look at a particular law, and we look at the precedent that it lays out, and with faith and wisdom, we draw out the principles and apply it to other cases. But we also have here an example of what we can call a minimal case law. For example, the Bible teaches us that if your ox is plowing the field, he ought to not be muzzled, but rather he ought to have a little of the opportunity to share in the profits or be fed for his labors. Muzzle not the ox. Let him reach his head down and eat a little bit of the grain. You see, the plowing of a field takes partnership. It takes neighborliness. Now, Paul uses this minimal case law to establish the law that those who minister in the word are to be paid, compensated, etc. Like the Levites of the Old Testament, and like an ox that treads the grain, the minister ought to be compensated for his labors. Do you see how the Apostle Paul takes a minimal case law, referring to oxen, and applies it to pastors, and applies it to all those who would partner with you to work? Now, these minimal precedent laws were very just. Why? Well, this ensures that every law applies to everyone. Or it ensures that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If rulers pass laws with this approach, it went went a long way to ensure that everyone had equal protections under the law, all the way from the beast of the field to a minister or to a ruler or a king. This biblical precedent case law is the basis for most of the law codes in the United States. Louisiana, of course, my home state, is the exception. We here have Napoleonic Code, which comes up out of the Enlightenment, and not from the Bible. In today's particular case law, we are looking at a law that pertains minimally to oxen or to donkeys or to anyone who might uh, tread the field or might pull a plow. A righteous man treats his beast kindly, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. The mercy of the wicked is cruel. We have a contrast here of two different types of mercy. One towards animals that is kind and righteous, and one toward animals which is cruel. Well, how do we apply this minimal case law to other areas of life? Let me give you just an example. Today in our society, many of us are not kind to animals. In fact, many of us are not even kind to humans. Many today hate humanity and hate their fellow humans. They hate them perhaps for the color of their skin, their religion, their past, their ancestors. They may hate them because they are in the way, or of a lower status, or a higher status. They may hate them because they are, in fact, their enemies. But it's a rather interesting phenomena in our culture these days that the very same people who hate, for example, unborn babies, will also love little puppies and dogs, and cats, and go so far as to call their dogs their children. Now, you and I, we love dogs, we love cats, we love animals, 
But a person who hates an unborn baby and yet loves a dog is not possessing of the sort of love demanded in the scriptures. This isn't what the Bible would be would call kindness or or love and certainly not mercy. And this proverb that we're looking at at a minimum demands kindness to animals. But not the sort of kindness that loves animals and yet hates humans. That's not kindness at all. That's a perverted sentimentality. That is an evolutionary mind living out their fundamental beliefs that humans and animals are alike in value and origin. This proverb that we are looking at here does at a minimum demand kindness to animals, but it's defined kindness, kindness defined by the Bible. God created animals. God loves them. God feeds them. He knows when every sparrow falls, he ordains that appointed time. He loves his creatures. They are all his artistry. They are all stamped with his signature. And they carry with them a little piece of him, so to speak. As a painting carries with it a little piece of the artist. They all display him and his glory. And let us in, let us humans in on a little of what God is like. The stars, for example, declare his glory. The birds sing of his glory. He loves them. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 10, he extends the Sabbath rights and privileges not only to free men, but also to bondservants and slaves and foreigners and even to donkeys and oxen. That's right. Even animals are required to be given rest on the Sabbath. He loves his creatures. We are commanded to unburden the beasts of our enemies in Scripture. We weren't even allowed by law to yoke up two animals of different species or different weights because it unfairly puts too much weight on one. It's cruel, it's unmerciful, and it's unrighteous or unjust. God is kind to animals, and so too should we be. And this kindness that God requires, which flows from His character, is to be in accord with the standard of God's law. Not human sentimentality, no. Not according to our feelings, not according to the evolutionary worldview, but a kindness which flows from the Word of God and is defined by the Word of God. So, if we're to be kind to to animals, how much more does this apply to humans? To be kind to them according to the law, to those of other races, religions, foreigners, to the rich, the poor, and not to treat them according to the laws of humanism or secular sentiments, but rather to to treat them according to the laws of God. In fact, our proverb tells us that what will happen when we are merciful according to the sentiments of the wicked is cruelty. Think of it. Think of all the quote-unquote mercy that this world gives to the poor or even to minorities here in the United States. All um, done by a good-hearted and supposedly kind people, but in the end, the result is worse. The result is cruelty. The result is a horrific situation. When that situation goes from bad to worse, what is the response? We need more quote-unquote mercy, mercy defined by the secular state. The worst thing that can happen for a poor person is that a wicked person come along and want to help them. The Bible says that a righteous man doing righteous, doing justice according to God's law, will treat his animals and by extension all people kindly 
and mercifully. But the quote-unquote do-goodism, the quote-unquote mercy of the wicked who rejects God's law, the end result will always be cruelty. They might have sentiment, they might have idealism, but in the end they work against the very nature of reality, the very nature of how God created this world. What the poor need are righteous men to treat them kindly according to the law of God. This is in the end mercy, kindness, justice, and this will lead to blessings for one and for all. This has been another episode of the Wisdom for All of Life podcast. Until next time, if the Lord has called you, He'll equip you, He'll protect you, and He'll bless you along the way. Have a great day.